Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. I'm a few hours later than expected. Um, I decided to hop in for an acupuncture session this morning. Um, But I am really excited about today's topic because it's been on my mind a lot lately for a few weeks now. Um, And part of it has to do with just learning some statistics lately that were shocking to me. I'm going to tell you what these statistics are. The median savings account balance in America is $5,000. That means 50% of people have fewer than $5,000 in their savings account. The average credit card debt is $7,000. So more people, like half the people are more in debt than they they have in the bank. So that's one thing. And I was really, I was surprised about that. I was saddened. I was concerned about people. And then when it comes to stock investments or an investment portfolio, that shifts over time because those investments grow and they kind of feed upon themselves to grow. So in their 40s, the average person has about $68,000 in their stock their stock portfolio. And by the time they're in their 50s, it's $135,000. So that doubles in that 10-year time span. And that is that just really got me thinking when I was thinking about how, as Americans, we are inclined to think about things like even like money, like saving, spending, and investing. Obviously, we do an okay job of investing if the average person has this much in a stock portfolio. My guess, though, is that there's an incentive behind some of that. We get a tax break. It might happen automatically through our employer. But we have some sort of incentive, and we we know what that amount is that we're going to get back, or we kind of can expect what we're going to get back. Seems like we have an inclination to take on some debt, and there could be really great reasons for taking on debt. Buying a house, buying a car. Um, Credit card debts can also fund other things that you know you're just going to turn right around and pay off. Um, Matt and I are a little bit different about this, but he likes to put all monthly expenses on a credit card, pay it off every month, and get whatever bonus or incentive the credit card company offers. So the credit card debt is like there and it's temporary and it's transitory. And we know we're going to get that back. We know we're going to get back down to zero. And the reason I'm talking about this, I'm not a financial coach in any way, but the reason I'm talking about this is that it occurs to me that money is really just a token that we use for value exchange. And at its bottom, and I think if you talk to some people sort of in the new age spiritual realm, they'll even say that money is more spiritual than physical or tangible, and that money is just a token. This That number that's in the bank account or the number that's on the, the dollar bills in your wallet or whatever, that is just a token for value exchange. It's kind of how we loosely record a value exchange. And when I think about it that way, I it occurs to me that if we're bringing the same mindset of getting overextended, 
which is which is where we often are financially. If we're using that same mindset to our life energy, to our talents, to the things that we most want to offer the world and to our scarcest resource, which is time. If we're in that same mindset of overextending, not investing necessarily until very late in life, we're setting ourselves up for regret and disappointment. And I've asked, I asked a question last week, like, how can you distinguish an emotional investment versus an emotional expense? But I want to, I want to call out some of the things that people say quite a bit, which is, I want to spend my life doing blank, fill in the blank. I love spending time with you. I just can't spend any more energy on this. It's a waste of time. I don't want to spend my time this way. I would really like to be able to save time. You know, you could save yourself a lot of energy if, and I'm curious if we're looking at money as just another way of recording that flow of energy and a way of thinking about value exchange, we have a lot of words that denote spending and wasting when it comes to energy, time, and talents. And we don't have a lot of words or a lot of ways of thinking about investing. We don't have a lot of teaching about really investing our time, our emotional energy, our talents in ways that are going to pay off and grow dividends for us. In other words, we don't have ways of talking about investing time, energy, and talent that will nourish us in the future, that will grow something of value in the future. And I was asking on one of my Facebook groups, my sold out coaching group, what people see as the difference between expense and investment when it comes to emotions and how they know. And generally speaking, people thought that an expense left them sort of depleted and an investment left them more fulfilled, which is really true, right? So an expense, a financial expense leaves your bank account <laughs> depleted and a financial investment brings you more. And I was thinking about how we might think about emotional energy, talents, um, our time in a in kind of the same way, like how could we invest our time and emotional energy in a way that will enhance our lives going forward? How can we invest our talents in ways that it will benefit the humanity, that will serve us better, that will add value to our lives, not just kill time, which is another one of those things, spend time, waste time, kill time, not just do away with that extra time, but actually invest it in a way that brings more value back to us. And I wanted to just sort of ask out loud, and I can't see, unfortunately, I cannot see any of the comments that come through while I'm live in this group on this particular format, but I can see them later and I will respond. But I really just wanted to hop on today and ask a few questions about where you're invested right now. Where are you wasting right now? Where are you spending right now? And where are you overextended when it comes to your time? Where are you wasting your time? Where are you putting your time in a way that doesn't serve you, doesn't serve the collective, brings you nothing, just kind of gets rid of extra time on your hands? And where are you investing it? Where are you devoting that time with intention in a way that brings value to your life and value to the collective whole? Where are you investing 
your emotional energy. And I'm going to tell you a story about this in just a quick second, but I want to get through these questions first. Where are you investing your emotional energy? Are you doom scrolling? That's a waste. That's that's an expense. That's an overextension. Are you are you investing your emotional energy on personal growth work, on meditation, on prayer, on um doing, you know, some coaching, doing some reading in self in self-growth areas and watching movies that uplift and inspire you? Where are you investing your energy? so that you benefit, you receive increased value relative to your contribution of energy. And believe it or not, it's possible to do that. And where are you overextending energetically? Whose complaints are you listening to? Whose who's doom and gloom voices are you listening to that are bringing you down? Um, what are you What are you watching on TV? Is it uplifting? Is it not uplifting? What, are you, what kinds of podcasts are you watching or listening to rather? Are, they, are you paying attention to how they're impacting your body? Are they really adding joy and enhancement to your life or are they sort of draining you, making you feel less than, making you feel scared or pessimistic about the world? What about your talents? Are you investing your talents? And I think this is a really important one because a lot of people, and this is this is actually what drives a lot of people into coaching to begin with, they feel like they have specific talents that are unique to them, or at least it's really what they're great at. It's what they most love doing. And Friedrich Bichler said that a person's vocation is where their deep gladness meets the world's deep need. And right now our world is set up in a way that it, it can be really hard to know how my gladness and the world's need are going to collide. I mean, it's a huge world. And how do I exactly collide with the people who need what I have to offer? Even as a coach, right, which is, a I believe, a super helpful career. And I've experienced personally the deep benefits of coaching. But how do I find my people who are going to benefit from that? And other people have the same thing. Artists have this struggle. Writers have this struggle. People who love to decorate cakes have the struggle. Like It doesn't matter what your talent is. Where are you investing your talents in ways that will enhance your life, that will bring joy to someone else in a way that adds value to you? Where are you investing your talents in a way that will not, not necessarily bring you money, although also bring you money? Where are you investing your talents in ways that will benefit the collective whole? Do you have a talent that you would love to use that the world might need? A lot of times we think about volunteering in organizations and we think about things like serving soup, but organizations need people to serve on boards. They need people who are really good at finances. Like anytime I've been in a board, the hardest position to fill is a treasurer. So if you happen to be a bookkeeper and you want to vo volunteer anywhere, they would love to have you. Um, so where are you investing that talent? If you love bookkeeping and you're not a bookkeeper, if you know if that's something you really want to do, are there organizations that could use your skills as an artist, as a writer? Are there organizations that would benefit from your cake decorating expertise? So, and could it bring you more joy? Could you invest your time and talent that way in a way that'll bring you more joy? And or could you build a business out of it? And that's an investment of your talent in a way that's going to add value to your life and add value to the collective whole. And I want to tell you a quick story about a patient that I worked with when I was a psychiatrist. So this is probably 20 years ago now or close to 20 years ago. Um, I was treating her for depression and I had a thing. I always did a Beck depression inventory every time a client came for follow-up every single week because I really wanted to make sure that the medication was effective. So we did this quick this you know quick little assessment that gave us a numerical value. And she went from being severely depressed 
to being mildly depressed. And if you know me, you know that I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and mildly depressed was not enough. I was like, oh, you're still mildly depressed. What's going on? So we had a nice talk about her life and what she does all day. And, you know, and then I started asking like, so what do you do like with your evenings? And she talked about how she watched TV. I'm like, oh, what do you watch on TV? And she was watching a lot of news and she was watching CSI and other crime shows. I said, hey, you know, I have this idea um, because of mirror neurons, which are a thing, they're a real thing. Because of mirror neurons, when you watch that, you have a part of your brain that actually thinks you are the victim. It thinks this is all happening to you. And that's pretty stressful for your brain to think that you're getting killed every week or every night. So what if you just sort of put hit pause for about six to eight weeks on the CSI and the news, just step away from it for a little bit. And let's see if we can get that mild depression to resolve itself. What do you think about that? She was willing to experiment. So we did the experiment. And wouldn't you know it, six weeks later, when she came back to see me, she was no longer mildly depressed. She had been investing her emotional energy and her time in watching television programming that wasn't benefiting her. So that isn't an investment anymore. That's a waste. That's a bad investment. Um, and you might have a whole bunch of bad investments and you might say, oh, that's a bad investment. I want out of that. That's not my thing anymore. I've realized that actually I'm investing time. I'm investing energy. I'm investing my talents in this way. It's not adding value to my life. It's not adding value to the collective whole. And I need to reevaluate my investment portfolio now. So if that's what you're thinking about, that's fabulous. And she had that realization that she had a bad investment of her time and energy. It was actually harming her. So she recalibrated how she invested it. And I wanted to bring this topic up of investment versus expense and versus waste or bad investment. Because I, it's really whether we're talking about dollars or whether we're talking about our life energy, our time, which is super finite. Everybody only gets the same 24 hours and we don't know how many of those we're going to get, how many of those slots we get. Um, and the high holy days just passed. So it's really like live on everybody's mind. Are we sealed for good in the life in the book? You know, are we sealed for life? Let's see. Um, and I really want to ask, what are you receiving for your investments? Like as you reflect on that, I'm really curious if you'd be willing to just jot down a note in the comments, what you're receiving for your investments of time, for your investments of talents, for your investments of emotional energy. Are some of these bad investments, which things do you want to reinvest in and where do you want to pull back from? That, those are really the take-home questions I would love to help you reflect on. Um, we have just you know, headed into, um, into fall. And I, for me, fall is always a great time for rebalancing the emotional books with um, the fall equinox and, and it being a time of balance. So I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. If you would rather share them in a message than on the comments, that's great. I love hearing from people privately as well as in the comments. And I hope you have a pleasant week. I will be back to talk with you some more on Thursday. Take care. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes.
Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.